What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of 40 Going on 18, the podcast where three longtime friends in their 40s talk about anything and everything. Today, we're talking K pop. It's not just BTS and Blackpink, there are many more talented artists out there. So let's go. Well, guys, one of my guilty pleasures during the past year dealing with COVID has been a bit of a new obsession with K pop. I've been watching a ton of K-pop videos on YouTube. Um, Now I'm following a bunch of groups and singers that have really got me interested because of how talented they are. And, you know, if you haven't been living under a rock, you probably have heard about groups like BTS and Blackpink. So what do you guys think? Have you guys been following K-pop? Is it something you're into or you just know nothing about? Dude, I feel insulted already. It's not like I've been living under a rock, but I know nothing. (laughs) Don't. <laughs> so you haven't heard of BTS or Blackpink? So BTS, the, the the way I heard about it last year was my sister sent me some BTS face masks, which oh, wow. I did okay. not want to wear. Yeah, but that's all. BTS I, that's how... BTS was at McDonald's. They had a McDonald's <laughs> meal where they had a special combo. So do you not even know what McDonald's is? <laughs> and wait, what, what was on the face masks? Was it their faces or what is it? I, I think it was a group like oh, okay. photo oh. with the word BTS on it. <laughs> well, I, did, did your sister send that to you as a as a joke or did she actually want you to? Uh, I was actually for my son. So it wasn't ah, for okay. me. That makes more sense. Right. Well, that's basically a year old. <laughs> that, that makes more sense. I don't know. Really small mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my understanding of K-pop comes from my wife, who, who basically picked most of that up from uh, the, the K-dramas, the Korean dramas uh, that are out there. Um, so most of my K-pop knowledge or understanding becomes, well, she watch a show, she found a soundtrack she likes, and then she downloads it and puts it on repeat forever and ever and ever until <laughs> the next show comes out. And then uh, we keep going through the different soundtracks and to the point where my, my kids who, who, are, who are young ones, that they'll recognize the song and potentially sing to it or whatever and be able to point out uh, names and stuff. And she also got into uh, other other groups from, from games. Like, so for whatever reason, she picked up some from like League of Legends, like KDA was yeah. a popular group where they did a whole bunch of songs for, I think they're, they're like world uh, tournaments and stuff like that. And then just, well, I guess the more popular ones out here. So obviously Psy, uh, that, that was really big a while ago with the whole Gangnam Style. Opa, Gangnam then, Style. Yeah, exactly. And okay, then, and then, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, he has a song called uh, Daddy that uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. every Ooh. Father's Day it gets played over and over again because <laughs> it says, I got it from my daddy. I got it from my daddy. <laughs> That's so not I the one so with, wrong. That, that wasn't the one with Snoop, was it? I, was a different one? No, I don't I don't think it was with Snoop but okay. uh yeah okay. so it's a different one so yeah my my knowledge is a little bit different it's it's more uh through extension through osmosis from from other people <laughs> there'll be other groups where uh, she was big into uh, big bang uh yeah. that that was yeah. a group she she liked um GD who was like G Dragon G-Dragon. Yeah. yeah and and uh, he he had his own uh, I guess he went off with his friend and uh what's his name top or something and and recorded a whole bunch of stuff and uh, oh and now g dragon supposedly dating jenny from blackpink oh is he okay that well they're both part of yg they're both part of yg entertainment which is one of the big three or four agencies out in k-pop 
So, so why don't you give us a bit of a background in terms of like, like YG and all these things? Like, like yeah. tell us a little bit more so that we can be a little bit more versed and a little bit more cultured on uh, yeah. K-pop. <laughs> and do you guys actually sing with it the way, you know, <laughs> no, in Western really. music? No. Okay. Well, uh, uh, I'll give you an example later. So what, how, I, how I actually got started in K-pop was actually seven years ago. I had a friend. Uh, she was really into K-pop to the point where she would fly to Korea. Whoa. and watch them in concert and okay. buy all their merch, buy all their gear. And at that time, it was still relatively like outside of Psy. Like K-pop wasn't really a big thing in North America, but mm-hmm. you had that those fans, they're otherwise known as the fandom, that have really taken on you know a life of its own. So I learned a lot about Big Bang you know, from, mm-hmm. from this mm-hmm. friend, a couple of other groups as well. So that was actually around what's called the second generation of K-pop, which was about uh, 10 to 15 years ago. So a number of groups that came out at that time was really starting to get a little bit uh, global, but not quite. There's still much more Korean driven. A lot of people didn't know about them outside outside of um, of Korea. So then you move to the third generation, which is really about six, seven years ago. And that's when BTS and Blackpink came out. So I think Blackpink is celebrating their five-year anniversary this year and BTS also around the same time. So there's been questions of what's going to happen to them because typically these agencies sign them to seven year contracts. And and a generation is not like a familial generation, like, like I don't know, 10, 20 years. I, yeah, it's kind so of I like think, a couple. Of... Yeah, the way to define generation is almost a change in style. Okay. And pretty much surrounding where that contract would expire. So the every se- every seven year mark when the contract expires is really, I think, what dictates the next generation. So currently we're in the fourth generation, which I believe started a couple of years ago. So we're about a third of a way into the fourth generation. And what we see because of the third generation of BTS and Blackpink having taken on more of a global phenomenon, mm-hmm. you see that the fourth gen groups, a lot, a lot of these groups are now incorporating artists that are from Japan from China, from Hong Kong, from international, because they want to tap into that global phenomenon. Mm. But the issue is a lot of them still don't speak English, right? Yeah. So while they're able to tap into certain countries, like the English portion of it is still, is still pretty weak. And I think that's why Blackpink and BTS were able to kind of get out of Korea is because they do have members in there that speaks fairly strong English. Right. Um, like Jenny and Rosé and Blackpink, they're both from, I think, New Zealand or Australia. Okay. Original, or they lived there cool. for a long time, or they're originally from there, so they speak very good English, very good English. And Lisa, <laughs> he talks good English too. Yeah. <laughs> and Lisa also in Blackpink speaks English as well because she's half, I think, half German and okay. half Thai. So these groups have really become more global. So how I start following it, like I said, was from my friend, but really in the past year and a half, because COVID has basically ruined our lives, <laughs> and we're basically stuck binging videos, you know, on Netflix, on YouTube. I started, you know, watching some videos on 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 K-pop, and really started with Blackpink because I think they were on a bunch of shows like James Corden and Jimmy Kimmel, so they were making their way around. And I started, okay, I'm going to check these girls out. So I listened to the songs. I'm like, oh, they got some catchy tunes. Mm-hmm. They got they got that EDM vibe, right? A little bit of EDM, some hip hop um, in there, and they throw English in there, so it kind of caters to the group. Sure. And then from there, Apple Music starts suggesting different different genres within K-pop, different artists, and then that's when I started discovering some of the groups that I follow today. Some of which are third gen as well as fourth gen. So big fan of Mamamoo. The okay. fandom is Boomu. 
Um, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, dude, how how old or how young are these? How young like, are they? Groups? So, for example, uh, the Blackpink girls who are third generation, so they started five years ago. They're twenty five right now. On oh, average, okay. so they basically started around nineteen and twenty, and then with Mama Moo is a little bit older, so they started seven years ago. Uh, two of their members are thirty, and the other two members are I think twenty six, twenty seven. Right. But still really young, right? And then you have the fourth gen groups. Everybody's like 20, 20, 21, 20, 22 years old. So really young, right? And and how these girls and boys start is they start really young. So we're watching this new show now. It's with Psy and JYP. JYP is also one of the top four agencies in South Korea. Right. And JYP is a singer himself. He's been around for 20, 30 years. Um, super talented. So this show is called Loud. It's premiered like three weeks ago. So it's basically Psy and JYP putting together their own next generation boy group. So they have, they invited, I think like 50 talents to come in and their ages range from like 12 what? to like Damn. 25. And you got these 12 year olds that are just killing it, whether it's dancing or singing or their arts is just ridiculous. I'm watching these 12 year olds doing like crump at doing like crazy contemporary dance, crazy hip hop dance, some that can like, you know, play multiple instruments. And it's just ridiculous. So what they do is they have these trainees, these agencies sign these trainees into the pool. And you could be a trainee for a long time. You could be a trainee from six sure. months or up to like five, six years before you even debut, or you may not even debut at all, in which case you return to normal life and you try to get a job. Right. But even when you debut, all the time and money advertising that's been invested in your trainee and board. So everything is free when you're a trainee. You basically live in a dorm that's put up by the agency. You get food, you get training, you get everything. They don't charge you anything. But once you debut, any revenues, merchandise sales, concert sales, anything you make, you start paying it back. Yeah. I, I don't want Retro to call Retroactive? Like... Retroactively, oh, right? Geez, so. Yeah. There's a term for that. I don't know. I don't, I, don't to, I don't want to say it here, but there's a term for that, and I think that is an, that's one of the biggest issues I think within the K-pop industry is that you are almost like almost like a slave, right, to mm -hmm. the agency, in that you may never break even. You may debut for five yeah. six years, and unless you are a BTS or Blackpink, you're not making any money. You're not right. making that much money. So how are you going to pay back all of the training and everything that they provided for you? And I think I actually saw some. YouTube videos where former K-pop idols talk about how they went bankrupt. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't make any money at all because unless you were big, you know, it's just not going to happen. Hmm. Yeah. I it's, think that's a bit of a travesty in the sense that, well, they're, they're manufacturing them almost like kind of like the, the, the venture funds where they bet on whatever, 20 different uh, startups and the hope that one of them becomes a unicorn type of thing. Um, but the, the sad part is, uh, for, for these folks, even if they do well, uh, they got to do like, uh, like uh, international well in order for them to actually be somewhat uh, successful and, and, and to, to get the return. So, but, but I guess it's one of those things where so many kids, they want to do it because they want that chance. They want the, the chance at uh, kind of winning the lottery, becoming that unicorn, uh, joining the, the NBA or, or that sort of uh, type of thing where uh, very few make it to that level. Um, but the hopes uh, can, can often uh, times be, be enamoring for, for folks to, to, to get in on. Yeah.
yeah, just having think, that one percent chance to win it makes it feel like it's it's worth giving a shot. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe lack and, of lack of education. And it's crazy because all these agencies, big and small, are churning out idol acts left and right. They're churning mm-hmm. out girl groups, boy groups. You know, you some even have mixed groups, right? And they're trying to capture a, a niche or something with their audience. But I find that a lot of the groups outside of a selected few. They're all very similar, right? You can't tell them apart. Sure. There are groups where there are like seven members, 10 members, 11 members. And you're like, who are you? I can't follow you. Like, <laughs> I, I can't, who's singing? And they don't stand out. So the groups I follow, like I mentioned Mamamoo and other group, it's Itzy, who's a fourth generation group as well. Uh, you know, there's Jesse, who's a Korean American, um, part of the Psy label, P Nation. Some of these artists have really, I think, um, show themselves to be a little bit more unique to the mar- in the market, whether they're just really strong vocalists, uh, great personalities or dancing or something that really sets them apart from all the groups. I can't see how, you know, 90% of the groups out there or the singers out there are actually going to last very long. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things where the agencies are, are trying to look for that formula and uh, riding whatever wave they can. And then hopefully they they uh, hit on something that goes kind of viral. And, and I know with K-pop, the, a lot of it, in addition to the, the music, is also with the with the dance, right? There's usually things yeah. like like Gangnam Style. You have that, that kind of horsey thingy, whatever that used to do. <laughs> and and uh, when, when you have one of those, then it becomes pretty, um, pretty popular as well. Because uh, then uh, I've seen videos where like uh, people try to like, uh, do the whatever dance, right? And, and then they, they uh, put it to the music and they get other uh, celebrities, other stars, other probably from the same label, um, musical acts, that sort of thing. And and they'll they'll copy that just to kind of extend each other's uh, reach and stuff. But uh, yeah, and I guess that's the same in, in North America when you get some uh, interesting dance too that people can copy, then then sometimes that, that, that'll make you uh, go viral as well. well. Well, Britney Spears has been in use very recently. And I, I remember... A friend of mine pointing me to her back when she just started. When she, I think she put out her release, uh, her her debut album. I think she was what, like fourteen, like super young, super like just came out swinging. I thought um, just success wise, and she's made. I would imagine she made a fortune. I just don't know how it was divvied up or what happened to there. But I think certainly revenue wise, her business did well. Like, but are these are these K-pop groups actually? The best ones, at least, have they have they actually made good money for themselves, or I mean, can they buy mansions and things like that? Like, what level so, of wealth are we talking about? They, I think, they, the ones that made it, so like the BTS and the Blackpink yeah. of the world, they definitely can buy mansions. So one of the documentary that I I, I recommend you guys watching is the Blackpink uh, movie on Netflix. It's worth a watch a watch. Uh, so one of the things that they talk about is their fifth member of Blackpink. So there's only four members, but there's a fifth member and his name is Teddy. Okay. Teddy is basically the guy who produces and writes 90% of their music and their songs. So he was originally, I think, part of a part of a group, part of YG. And then he basically was so talented in producing that he started really making songs for all the other groups within YG and pretty much exclusively Blackpink. That guy has a lot of money. <laughs> Hi. Okay. You should, his, his Wikipedia article talks about him owning like buildings. Oh, um, man. And these acts actually can transform an agency too. So 
Mama Moo's agency, uh, their name is RBW. I think it's called Rainbow Bridge, but they short, short term it to RBW. Small agency. Didn't really have any acts, like big acts. So they put together the four members of Mama Moo, and they actually told them, look, you guys are not very good looking. You guys don't have the traditional look, but we need you to have the talent to okay. show yourself on stage to set yourself apart. So they spend years honing their craft, the dancing and the singing, mostly the singing. They're known as vocalists, top tier right. vocalists. Right. So they came out and their harmonies, like their vocals are just insane. And over time, over the next seven years, they really created this massive fan base. And it's been said that every time RBW changes to a newer building <laughs> with new, new renovations and everything else, Mama Boo paid for it. Because yeah. they were able to, to really you know, build that from one act. And sometimes you just need the one act, right? That can yeah. take, you, take you to places. I mean, BTS is part of, I think, Big Hit. So they've got a ton of acts, other acts. Um, they have TXT, another group that came out uh, last year called In Hypen. So this is a show that we actually watch. Um, Mnet, one of the TV well, cable stations, I think in Korea, started this island show. So these shows, Island, Produce 101, Produce 48, Loud, the one I talked about with Psy and, and JYP, they're all out there to recruit trainees so that they can create and debut a new group. So in a sense, it's like American Idol because you have a built-in fan base. Sure. You have basically a weekly show where you get to see these contestants perform and you get to vote. You get to see, vote who gets to be in the final group. So last year, Mnet, who is uh, with Big Hit, who is BTS's group, uh, launched this group called The Island. So I think 30 or so kids, uh, boys, were put on an island facility <laughs> where the ones that perform well get to live in this super nice island facility with like nice beds and cafeterias and training rooms. But if you don't perform well, you get demoted to this basement area. Oh, dude, survivor. <laughs> like oh, Lord, Lord of the Flies type of yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but every week you have the basement people that compete against the guys on the island uh -huh. and they could switch, right? If the island guys actually perform well and stand out, they get to take the place of someone who's on the island mm. and someone who's on the island gets sent back to the basement. Are so these all the end, solo individual competitions or like no, one, they, one, they, one, they, one on one or type of thing? Um, so usually is some kind of head to head. Okay. And it's usually within with a with a group. You get paired up. Okay. So let's say there were 15 people on the island and 15 people in the basement. Um, you would have groups of, let's say, threes going up against each other. So three from island go up against three from uh, the basement and where you do a, the same song, same choreography, but let's see who does it better. Okay. Who's a better singer, who's a better dancer, who's who's a better group thing. So they're very young. I think they debuted at um, uh, Seven Guys. Very talented. Like if you watch a dancing, one of the top dancing group. Now the singing, I don't think they're great singers. Mm. I think you may have out of the seven, you have maybe one or two who are great singers and everybody else is not that good. But again, massive fan base and they're BTS's juniors. So they already have like tons of views when you go onto YouTube, right? Versus someone yeah. who's from a small agency who didn't go through these uh, produce shows to find a group, you don't have to build in fan base. And then these guys are likely signed to another seven year contract. So we'll see what happened to them after seven years. Yeah, and then they'll Dude. have to go through that whole process and only if and when they, they go big, will they actually reap any of the rewards, right? Yeah, exactly.
dude, how many hours a week do you like immerse yourself in this <laughs> world? I mean, you Guilty tell me pleasure. watch this, watch that, you know, like, yeah, is this like a, a dick, a light addiction? <laughs> uh, no. So I think what I do is whenever new content comes up, that's when I will kind of jump to it. So for example, uh, Sola, who is part of Mamamoo, she's the leader of Mamamoo. She also runs a YouTube channel called Sola Shido. So she does like two videos a week and her videos are, are everything from her doing covers singing or her working at the gym. She actually does exercise videos. So hmm. like yoga videos and stretching videos. She okay. also does like eating videos because lots of people love watching the, the eating videos. The mukbang. Mukbang. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she also does interviews. So it was funny. I think last week she interviewed like a Korean war veteran. Okay. Whereas, whereas today, actually, just before our podcast, she posted another video where she was doing cover songs off some of the recent hits, a mix of North American hits as well as Korean hits. Hmm. And she's a great singer. So, and it's funny because her video, she sings with herself. So, what do you mean? As so to... it's edited together. So basically, when you watch, it's oh, her, a harmony with her, uh, yeah, singing gotcha. with her other self. Yeah. Um, oh. and it's it's done extremely well. So whenever Sola posts a video, I tend to watch it, just check it out. And her videos are short. It's like four or five minutes, maybe oh, 10 okay. minutes at most. Um, it's a short workout it, session. Yeah, her, work, her workout <laughs> sessions are probably like eight, nine minutes. It's mostly a lot of stretching. Are, are you exercising with her though? No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do the stretches. Um, and typically the groups that I follow, like Itzy, Mamamoo, sometimes twice, uh, Jesse, we mentioned. Um, another act that we'll give shout out to is Henry. Mm. Uh, so whenever they have new content on YouTube, I would just say, hey, I'm going to click on this video and maybe watch a good five, eight minutes of entertainment. And you usually feel good about it because it's very wholesome, typically. And it's very much like singing arts related. Um, and who's Henry? That sounds a little bit different than all the other ones you talked about. <laughs> yeah. So Henry, shout out to Henry Lau from Toronto. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Uh, so Henry's been in the business for, I think, like 15 years now. That's pretty crazy. So I think when he was a teenager, this this super talented kid, he played a violin. I think he played a piano and top notch. Like I think this guy's like level 10, you know, Royal Conservatory music. So he went to an audition in Toronto for an SM agency audition. And then I think he won it. So then they signed him to a contract and brought him to Korea and made him a part of Super Junior. And he was super talented, but I think the fans didn't really liked the group adding a member all of a sudden from North America. So they kind of delegated him and relegated him to being a dancer and, and just playing some violin in the background. So I don't think he loved that that much. So then he actually decided to study music back in the States. So he went to the Berkeley school of music and studied music for a little bit before he made his way back to Korea, where I think he did a few more years with SM, but he's, you know, decided to go on his own and become an independent. So I actually watch his, uh, follow his YouTube channel as well, which is Henry More Henry. Uh, he's, he always plays the violin, plays the, the piano, sings with other acts. So he would actually bring in other K-pop artists like Jesse, like Solar from Malamoo, a couple of other artists when they debut. But he also brings in interesting prodigies. So you have, you know, 15-year-old top-tier cellists or violinists or pian eight-year-old pianists. And he would actually make music with them. And mm. it's 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 actually a great channel. I mean, Henry's got a super personality. So worth a watch. It's cool. Mm. I'm, my mind's being blown away because 
yeah, what is this underculture, or at least a part of the, the culture that I've never heard of. I've heard of J-pop back <laughs> when we were watching, you know, anime when I was in my teens. Whatever happened to that? I mean, well, is, that's the K-pop right? just over? So, yeah, you, you, I'm glad you mentioned that, Kurt, because J-pop was kind of the big thing back when I think we were in like university or early university. So to date ourselves, the late 90s and the early 2000s, J-pop was huge. Everybody was into J-pop. I think, I don't know what happened to it. I think it just kind of died out. And I think, you know, Hong Kong tried Canto Pop for a bit. And it's always been around, right? Canto Pop has always been around, but I don't think it ever got out of Hong Kong. Whereas I think J-pop actually got out of Japan to the point where um, I think fans in North America actually started attending concerts and stuff. But I think it just slowly died out. I don't know what it was. And then K-pop just kind of slowly took over starting, I think, in the in the later 2000 and then really sigh i think in 2012 with gangnam style really just took that to the next level cracked right. open the door yeah 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 and then now you know, bts is everywhere like seriously they, they yeah. collab with everybody well they're with mcdonald's and you can get two special dipping sauces uh, which is basically the same as the regular mcnuggets but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and one of the interesting things is too because all the all the young men in korea south korea has to go to uh, do military service. Mm. Um, I right. think some of the guys in BTS is going to be up for that soon because I think they have to do it before they turn 25. I oh, I read somewhere that they like people were petitioning them to delay service. Yeah, or to be exempt uh, or something. And for the national good, yeah. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if the military is going to really let that happen. Yeah. Um, so one of the other act that I follow is uh, Taemin. So um, a member of Shiny who is part of the second generation K-pop group, uh, Taemin. So he just released his last album, final album, most recent album, maybe a, a month ago. And then he had to go into military service. Mm. But from what I understand, he's part of the band. Uh, okay. Military band. The military <laughs> band, exactly. So I think he has to do it for at least 18 months, I believe. Huh. So he could be safe uh, from, from like dangerous... Hey, you never know in the duty, times of war. Maybe? Yeah, it's true. Everybody's active duty. Yeah, it's a part of the world is where you don't really have a lot of separation from from other kind of hotspots. So the question then, Kurt, after hearing our you know spiel on K-pop, <laughs> are you going to try to dig more into it and investigate it a little bit and see if you're going to get into it? Are you going to pop, you... pop the K? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you you put out your top three sort of songs or links at the end of the podcast or at our Instagram. And I'll, I'll dig right into that, you know, make it easy for me. That sounds good. Well, I'll definitely send uh, some recommendations and I'm sure Luke, you will do the same as well. Well, it'll come from my wife, but yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that guys, it's been great talking to you about this recent guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> um, I'm glad at least one person shares in some of the, uh, the interests and I'm hoping to pique the interests of, Mr. Kurt as well. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll listen in if you're going to join me uh, in the wilderness, man. Quid pro quo. I will have to discuss that another time, my friend. All right, guys, have a good one. All right. Take care. That wraps up another episode of 40 Going On 18. We would love to hear what you think. Leave us your comments on our Instagram at 40 Going On 18 Podcast or become a patron 
Links are available on our Instagram page. Thanks and have a great day.